Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Crushing the Box. My name is Jamie, and I'm your host. This podcast is all about my adventures of being bold and brave, leaving behind suburbia on the Texas Gulf Coast, and moving to the Arizona desert to live off-grid. No conventional power supply, no conventional water supply. Could you do it? Follow my adventures. Oh, and just a quick bit of advice. Watch out for rattlesnakes along the way. You know you're in Arizona when you're in a place where the state flower is a cactus. This desert region is besieged by extreme weather, including monsoonal flooding and a dry, arid climate that makes drinkable water scarce. If you're going to homestead in Arizona, you got to be tough because this desert will outsmart you. to another episode of Crushing the Box. Today, we are going to talk about sewer at the homestead. I promise you, this is not a shitty subject. (laughs) What if I told you that sewer would not exist at the homestead? You'd probably think that there's no indoor plumbing, right? Wrong. As I've mentioned in previous episodes, I plan to utilize a composting toilet, which uses no water and therefore produces no black water or sewer per se. The shower and the sinks produce what is referred to as gray water. And in a typical home, black water and gray water alike, it all discharges into the municipal sewer lines and is you know, returned to a water treatment facility. You know, or if you're on a septic system, all that wastewater goes into the septic system. You know, I mean, either way, that water is eventually reintroduced to the water table without being utilized to its fullest capacity. So you know, with that quick little introduction, I guess, um, we'll get into some, I mean, I we'll call them fun facts. I mean, I don't know if they're really fun or not, but uh, we'll see. So, fact number one. The average American produces 20 to 40 gallons of gray water daily. So, let's be modest and say you produce 25 gallons of wastewater or gray water that could be recycled. That's that's over 9,000 gallons annually. That is half of my total allotted water usage for an entire year. So, I mean, that's a pretty big number. I mean, 9,000 gallons of water that could have been reclaimed and used, you know, and further used without you know, without returning to, you know, a water treatment facility where it's just, you know, it's, it's treated and it's cleaned and it's just, you know, it's just usually discharged into a lake or a river. Uh, so think about that. Fact number two, the average person allows a shower to run for three minutes before getting in. 
okay, I mean, you turn your hot water on and wherever your water heater is, you know, maybe it takes three minutes for your water to get good and hot, you know, and then you have to adjust your temperature and all that, and then you finally get in the shower. So that's three minutes of water coming out of, a, you know, coming out of the shower head that's not being used for anything and just going down the drain, right? So a low flow shower head discharges as much as two and a half gallons per minute. So at three minutes of running water that's not being used, that's an average of seven and a half gallons of completely wasted water for every shower that you take. Now, let's assume that you shower once every day. That's over 2,700 gallons of water wasted every year. I mean, just, I mean, literally down the drain. So, you know, that's a lot of water that just, you know, goes away without being, without even being used, much less being reused for a useful purpose. Fact number three. 50% of the loads of laundry washed in the U.S. consume 100% more water than required because people forget to set the proper load size on their washing machine. So think about that. You know, most of us put it to full capacity and then, I mean, I don't care if you throw three or four things in there, we forget to change the load size. So you're using as much water as if you'd put a full load of laundry in there. Now, I don't know how many gallons a washing machine uses, you know, for every wash cycle, but let's just say that's a shit ton of wasted water. <laughs> so what is my plan for wastewater on the homestead? I mean, my plan is quite simple. I will reclaim every drop of gray water produced on the homestead and filter it, then utilize that water for irrigation in my gardens. The use of gray water for irrigation is perfectly legal in most areas, and the practice of gray water reclamation is actually encouraged in Arizona. Now, the problem with gray water is that you don't want to store it for a prolonged period of time. I mean, usually about 24 hours is all you really want to store it for. And that's because you know the, the dirt and bacteria that's in that water will produce a very pungent odor if it just sits. While that dirt and bacteria isn't harmful to plants, it's obviously not safe you know, for drinking water. So it must be stored in a manner that pets or livestock cannot drink it. Which also means you can't over-irrigate an area because you don't want puddles of water you know, just sitting around to where an animal could walk up and drink that water. So you have to find the, the sweet spot per se when it comes to irrigating gardens or flower beds. You know, you want to irrigate enough, but you don't want to over-irrigate, but you also need to use that gray water so it's not just sitting around stinking. <laughs> so I have designed a gray water filtration system that will accommodate up to 50 gallons of wastewater in a 24-hour period. I mean, I really don't see me utilizing more than about 20 or 30 gallons a day but I'd like to slightly overbuild this system because as I get more and more established, I will obviously use more and more water. So by utilizing three 55 gallon plastic food grade drums and very simple methods, I'll filter my gray water through a large sand filtration system and always have the right, of, right amount of moisture content in my vegetable gardens. 
and be plenty capable of properly irrigating you know fruit trees and any other vegetation that will require more water than the desert climate naturally provides so when i get to the homestead property and start building my gray water system that's when you'll want to make sure that you subscribe to my youtube channel which is the same name as the podcast it's crushing the box um you know by by simply thinking well beyond the box I'll be using very simple techniques that have been around for hundreds of years. And the method I'll use to maintain proper moisture content in my garden soil is actually an ancient technique that's been around for thousands of years. And it's very simple and anybody can do it. I mean, you can do it in your backyard. You can do it in a very small garden. It's very cool. And I'll get into that on the YouTube video series. So real quick. I want to touch on the composting toilet because so many people always ask me, what do you do with the solid waste from the composting toilet? First, I will not use my poop for compost in my garden or any other soil on the homestead. I mean, there is debate about this practice being acceptable, but I look at it as nothing less than disgusting. Okay, I mean, the last thing I want is a shitty garden. <laughs> Literally. So, every composting toilet requires the use of a liner or plastic bag of some type. And most folks use biodegradable bags that are specifically designed for composting toilets. Now, while some people choose to utilize like an RV dump station to dispose of their solid waste, Others use the vault toilets that are commonly found at like state parks and national parks. But the most common practice for disposing of the solid waste from a composting toilet is simply throwing it in a dumpster. And surprisingly enough, this is not illegal. I mean, obviously you want to make sure that it's properly sealed. You know, you want to make sure your bag is tied, you know, probably even double bagged, whatever, you know, just just for the smell factor in the dumpster before it's actually dumped in a truck and goes to the landfill. Now, this grosses most people out. They're like, oh my God, you're gonna throw your crap in a dumpster? Well, think about it. When you walk your dog and pick up after him or her, where do you put the poop bags? You throw them in the trash. When you change a baby's shitty diaper, where does it go? In the trash. So most folks who use composting toilets simply throw their shit bags in the trash. It's not illegal to throw your crap away. <laughs> Literally. I mean, you can throw anything. Well, you can't throw anything away. I mean, obviously you can't throw away hazardous materials and that sort of stuff. But I mean, you can throw your crap away and you're not breaking any laws. You know, in fact, waste management uh, yeah, I mean, they are the largest company of solid waste disposal in America. You know, you look on their website and it says nothing about, you know, human solid waste. So I called our regional office and spoke to a lady there and talked to her about it. And she said, actually, no, there's, there's nothing illegal about it. You know, you can, you can throw your solid waste away in a dumpster. So, I mean... With all that being said, I want to talk about the water for my dogs. Yeah, so I'm gonna get off the I'm gonna get off the composting toilet deal. I covered that real quick. 
So back to getting full util utilization of water on the homestead. So obviously the dogs will get fresh water every morning. Now that water is going to get dirty as the day goes on and they'll require fresh water, you know, before that water is even empty. So, you know, most people just simply pick up their dog's water bowl and they, they toss that dirty water out, they rinse the bowl and they refill it, right? Well, I'll dump the dirty water, you know, down the sink. I'll have an outdoor sink. Uh, you know, I'll just dump the water down the sink. That way it goes through my gray water filtration system and will later be utilized to irrigate, you know, the vegetation, whether that's a garden or a tree or, you know, whatever. So, I mean, in short, absolutely no water will go to waste on the homestead. Now, the reason, the reason I chose this subject today is really quite simple. Once I have my homestead fully established, you know, the house is, you know, the permanent house is built. Uh, I plan to build a couple of little guest cabins. That way I can make some additional revenue, maybe doing some Airbnb or whatnot. Um, so once, once I'm 100% satisfied with where I'm at with the homestead, I really, I really want to start a nonprofit organization that raises awareness of the simplicity of gray water reclamation. You know, I mean, water is becoming more and more scarce and the harsh desert environment intensifies the problem associated with water supplies. So, I mean, basically my dream is to see widespread initiatives to require gray water reclamation in all new construction, especially commercial, industrial, or like multifamily facilities. You know, I mean, a lot of people scoff at this, but the fact of it is the additional cost associated with gray water reclamation is negligent when it's incorporated into the original design and construction of a building. So, I mean, think about this. As much as 80% of the so-called sewer that leaves a building is gray water. Water that can easily and affordably be put to further use, thus reducing the demands on municipal water supplies you know, or even prolonging the life expectancy of a water well if you happen to be on a well. I mean, it may sound radical to some folks, but in reality, it's very practical. I mean, at the end of the day, we all have to be better stewards of our natural resources because they're not going to last infinitely. You know, at the end of the day, water is life. With no water, there's no life. And that goes, I mean, not only for us as humans, I mean, that goes for every species of animal on this planet. There's no water, there's no life. Now, you know what, the Earth's surface is two-thirds water, but 90% of that two-thirds water is not drinkable. It's not suitable for, for any type of, you know, human consumption anyway. So, you know, just think about that. And that's why my big thing is, I mean, obviously my water supply is going to be limited because I'll, at first I'm going to be, you know, hauling water in. So getting maximum use of every drop of water is highly important to me. 
Now, as I get my rainwater harvesting system fully established and I'm, you know, easily collecting, you know, 17, 18,000 gallons of water every year for, for consumption on the homestead, I still want to be extremely frugal with my water. I want to get every possible use out of it, which means not letting it go to waste. I mean, if I take a shower, there's nothing wrong with that water as far as irrigating plants, you know. There is some debate about the water from a kitchen sink, you know, because of food particles, and, you know, uh, especially like oil, you know, cooking oil, vegetable oil, whatever. You know, there's some debate about whether or not that really needs to be introduced into the soil because water and oil don't mix. So, you know, I mean, I'm going to use my kitchen sink water because the way I see it, the oils will get filtered out through the sand. And obviously my sand filtration system will have to be, that filtration system is going to have to be serviced. Um, I'm anticipating about twice a year with no more water than what I'm using, but it may be more frequent. Well, you know, that's just something I'll have to learn as I go, kind of. But anyway, that is today's subject matter. And that's about all I've got to say on that. Remember, keep keep those emails coming. They are awesome. I will do another uh, Q&A session here in the near future. Uh, I do have some guests that I'm working on getting on the show. We're just trying to... I've got one gentleman that's really phenomenal. And uh, he and I are talking. We're just trying to figure out a time that's good for both of us to be on the phone and, and get this done. So uh, remember, hit that subscribe button. You do want to like the Facebook page, which is Crushing the Box. Uh, go subscribe to the YouTube channel, which is Crushing the Box. And uh, there, I am on Instagram as well, which is Crushing underscore the underscore box. Follow all of those. Uh, if you listen to the previous episode, you know why you need to be following the Instagram. And I'll just leave it at that. As always, I must thank you for listening, and remember, be sure and subscribe to the podcast. Also, don't forget, you can email me questions or comments at j.canvasmedia at gmail.com. Until next time, happy trails.